There are 10 basic emotional needs that all humans have. All humans have these. And if even just one of those needs, emotional needs, are not met as a child, you will perpetually seek to meet that need mm-hmm. as an adult. Okay. And often we will use drugs, we will use sexual behaviors, shopping addictions, a bunch of things to fill that void, to fill that one thing that we didn't get as a little kid, yeah. right? But when we get connected to Jesus, it's easier to fill those voids up. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, then this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anybody else who might be encouraged by it too. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Good morning, everybody. Today, we're speaking with Anna Barajas. Am I saying Barajas right? Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Okay. So she is a sexual abuse survivor who found her purpose through her pain, and she is now a life coach helping women heal from their sexual wounds and overcome addictions to porn, masturbation, and other sexual sins. So this is a lot of what we've been talking about on the show lately, so I'm so excited to have you here. Um, I know you've got an expert voice on this. You you literally help coach people through this. So we're so excited to have you. Thank you for being with us today, Anna. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to get into the questions. Yes. Would you mind just sharing with us a little bit about your backstory and how you got passionate about this line of work? Yeah, so my story is, is very deep. <laughs> Um, I really hope that your your audience here is, you know, very receptive and very open because it's not typically uh, the type of story that most people have most. Um, well, at least it's not the type of story that, that I hear often. Right. Yeah. It's very heavy, very. Um, there's a lot of demonic forces that mm-hmm. that has like the background stories, like the background noise that. The yeah. backwardness, like the spiritual stuff, right? Of course, yeah. So when I was very little, I mean, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but I'm gonna go as far as I remember. When I was five years old, um, my mom had engaged into a relationship with a man, a romantic relationship, and he was a pedophile. Little did she know, right? And for that, he ended up uh sexually abusing me and raping me for the next eight years of my life since I was five years old. Wow. And not just me, but my younger sister as well. And then his daughter eventually. Was, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that lasted for about eight years, as long as my mom and him were together. Um, when I was about 13 years old, I finally confessed to my mother what was going on. 
But a lot of the times what ends up happening in households where there is a, that type of abuse, it usually will occur within households of women who also have been battered in the yeah. past. And if the women don't get healing from that, uh, they'll attract the same type of man. Yes. Um, and so eventually their kids will go through the same thing because of that. Amen. And so my mom hadn't gotten any healing because in my culture, um, psychology or counseling uh, and even Christianity isn't a big thing. It's not really promoted. Mm -hmm. None of that stuff is promoted, right? Um, that's more of an American thing, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so we became believers when I was 21. I was 21. My mom also wow. became a believer when I was 21. So okay. I, was, I was an adult already by that time, right? And it, so it wasn't until I became a believer that all these things started to come up again, mm. right? So let me backtrack a little. When I was 13, I obviously confessed to my mom. She didn't believe me. She didn't have the notion of what that meant. She didn't have the spiritual or the emotional capacity to handle such a big thing. Yeah. But she just brushed it under the rug, right? Especially if she didn't have Jesus either at that point, what, and she still hasn't healed from her emotional trauma herself. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense that she would respond that way. Yeah, exactly. And so because I'm a 13-year-old girl, I'm not understanding what's going on. All I know is that I'm sitting in front of cops and in this room where there's this huge mirror and they're asking me questions. And all I, all I want to say is just get me out of here. I don't know what you're talking about. So I negated everything, right? Mm. And I told them, I just, I don't know what you're talking about. Get me out of here. So that, so my mom shut down the investigations and nothing happened after that. Okay. The, my stepfather did end up leaving my mom though. So that was good. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> really good. Uh, but he ended up so he just used this whole thing as an excuse to leave because he already wanted to leave. But okay. that was the, the the Lord's way of finally setting us free from this man. Absolutely. Right? And so then he fast- told her at thirteen that she told the authorities, and that's how the investigation started. So what happened is that. My school started, I was 13, I was in middle school. They started noticing weird things mm. with my behavior and just, I was very emotional. I was out of control, uh, very mm. reckless. And so one day I, they would take me into the principal's office often. I was often with the principal just chatting. And she asked, she was asking me questions. And from the questioning, weird stuff came up, right? That mm. she noticed it was weird. And so she sent investigators to my home, DCFS, all these things. Okay. And that's how that came up. I guess I said something to her that was, you know, super red flag. Yeah. And um, from there, I actually felt like I had to tell my mom what was going on. But you have to also understand that at that age, you're not fully aware of your emotions. You're not fully aware of what's really going on you don't at least I wasn't differentiating between reality and emotion right I didn't know what was real what wasn't and also because I had PTSD right yeah and so 
um, all those things. And then also your brain in, in a way to protect you and to shield you so that you can survive trauma. It, you forget a lot of things. You forget the trauma, yes. right? You forget the abuse. And so you're only able to recollect pieces here and there, right? So when I shared with my mom, I kind of felt pressured to do it because mm -hmm. there was such a big investigation going on and the school yeah. was brought in and all these things. Um, but I, looking back now, I know that that was God's way of finally setting me free because I had been praying. Mm. Um, I didn't know the Lord at the time. We were very heavily Catholic and there was like, you know, Santeria. And I don't know if you know what Santeria is, but it's, it's a form of witchcraft yeah. combined with um, Catholicism. Okay. And so that was really, so my stepfather, he would practice that a lot. Mm. And so that was a... Uh, he just had this huge altar of, you know, foreign yeah. gods and these kinds of things. So he was playing um, with demons. Of course, it makes sense how he would do the horrible things he did because he was playing with demons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, so in my mind, I, I didn't really understand. I wasn't really fully aware of everything that was happening and when everything, when everything came out into the light, right? Uh, so I did share with my mom was what was happening, but she shut it down. She didn't believe me. Um, she held it against me that I told the the cops that it wasn't true what I had said to my principal. Um, and she said, "See, if it was real, then you would have told the truth. Which one? Why are you lying? You're lying somewhere, right?" But I just didn't understand what was going on. I just wanted everything to be over, yeah. and I wanted <clears throat> the cops to go away. So I. I told them, no, nothing's happening. Right? Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, my life kept, kept going. Um, I went into uh, just having friendships that weren't good for me at that time. Uh, I got pregnant when I was very young, had a, a baby boy. Actually, he was planned. I know this sounds really weird, but at that time I felt so lonely and so disconnected from love that I felt that I needed to have something that was my own mm -hmm. that I could, that, that I could call mine. Right. And that to me was a baby. And so I planned my son and I purposely got pregnant because I wanted to feel like something, someone belonged to me. Yeah. Right? How old were you? I was 16, 16, 15, 15 16. Oh my God. Um, and then, so now he's actually my greatest blessing, <laughs> my son. You, okay, and, so you have him. You, okay, you still have him. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, he was planned. He was <laughs> wanted. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then after that, I think I was about 18 years old. I was going to get married, right? But then I think that's when the Lord really started to really heavily interject in my life, like mm -hmm. very, very heavily. Um, I was going to get married and I had doubts. There was just something in my heart that didn't feel right about this marriage. Right. Mm. And I asked the Lord, Hey, um, I, and I wasn't a believer at that time. So I was, it was kind of like asking God, like right now I'm saying the Lord, cause I have a relationship with him. But at yeah. that time I didn't treat God that way. I treated God as in like, Hey God, if you're real, you know, yeah. Tell me if I should marry this guy, right? If not, tell me what to do. 
right? But it was kind of like one of those prayers that you just throw into the air, not really thinking it's going to get answered, right? Yes. <laughs> and then two weeks later, I get this Holy Spirit moment where I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit at that time, but now I know, where it was like this, just this voice coming from the inside out, not audible, but it was like the Spirit speaking to my spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And so tangibly, so powerfully, I felt, and he said, do not marry him. Do We were going to elope to Tennessee. He said, do not go with him to Tennessee. Stay here in Chicago. I have for you a husband that you cannot imagine and a life that you cannot imagine. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that to the most deepest of myself, but yeah. it, it was like so, it just, it was just so tangible. I believed it so much that I ended up breaking up with him. He left to Tennessee and then I became single. I became sexually abstinent after that. And I've been sexually abstinent since then because I just, you know, I didn't know the Lord at the time. I didn't know that what I, what I was doing was the correct thing. Yeah. <laughs> But then when I met the Lord when I was 21, I realized, oh, hey, the Bible says to do this and I'm already doing it. Okay. Easy. (laughs) Quick announcement here. If you're enjoying this episode, please help us expand our reach by liking, subscribing, leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. And now back to the episode. So you're still waiting for that man? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, so <laughs> so that's in that period from the time I was 18 with that encounter that I had with the Lord, with, him, with that encounter that I just shared, that's when my healing journey started with the sexual abuse, with promiscuous. Well, I was never promiscuous, but but there was this sense of, I hate men, like that masculinity pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, this, this pain with just your, your, my sexuality, right? Like not, not knowing what to do with it, yeah. not knowing how to be a woman, not knowing what to do with my sex drive, all these things. Right. So I, I had been sexually abstinent for a few years, maybe 10 years and then I discovered masturbation. It was an accident. I didn't know about that. Okay. Um, I discovered it and I told myself, well, this feels good. I intrinsically knew it wasn't right. Like your spirit just tells you this isn't right. Like you just know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I discovered it's like if you feel shame about something you're doing, then you probably know it's not the right thing to be doing. <laughs> exactly. And that's how I felt. And then but I still kept doing it. I told myself, hey, I'm only going to do this for six months. I'm only going to allow myself six months. Yeah. Those six months turned into, I think, three or four years. Okay. Three or four years. And then within those, I think the the maybe the second or third year, the Lord, I think it was three years. Because the second year, the Lord spoke to me. Um, and he said, I want you to stop. It was like, it was another encounter, like, yeah, like another vivid encounter. And he said, I want you to stop. If you don't stop, honey, this is going to affect your marriage. Yeah. This is going to affect your marriage. And at that time, I didn't understand what he meant. 
right? Because I was feeling very disconnected from him. I was feeling like you lied to me. You promised me a husband and he never came. Mm. I'm sexually abstinent. Isn't that enough? Yes. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. I felt, I felt entitled. I felt like I can masturbate because I've been faithful to you. Yeah. I've kept myself. I haven't been promiscuous. I haven't been sleeping around. I've, I don't even date, right? Yeah. And so I felt entitled to that. But because the Lord said so, I started doing research. I started to learn about masturbation. I started to learn, you know, about my, you know, women's parts, like the what the vulva, the vagina, all these things actually are, because a lot of people... A lot of I, the women that I speak to, some of the times they don't even know that what they're doing is masturbation. Mm. And they'll often tell me things like, hey, I, I don't have that problem. I don't have that issue. But then I describe what it is and then they'll say, oh, yeah, actually, I do do that. So and will you explain, will you give us that sort of description that you would share with them? Yes. So, well, first of all, we have to understand like the, the parts of the woman, right? Mm -hmm. So the outer part, like there's a little thing at the top. It's that's the clitoris. Um, that's where you, that's how I used to do things to myself. Mm -hmm. I never actually inserted things to myself because I felt like that was violating God. Okay. Right. So there's different ways that women do things, right? And often that's how women do it. I speak to a lot of women, like 40% of the women that I speak to are virgins. Okay. They've never had sex with a man and that's how they masturbate. Yeah. Okay. They, they use the clitoris. And so, so the outer part of your woman um, organ is called the vulva, okay. the outer part. When you go all the way inside, uh, that's actually the vagina, the inside part mm -hmm. of organ it's called the vagina and so a lot of women think that if I don't insert anything inside then I'm not masturbating okay yeah okay but I even can see where that confusion would be <laughs> yeah so a lot of the times women masturbate only on the outside within they do yep. things to, to they stimulate the, the clitoris right yep. clitoris 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 whatever people say it differently so the clear is a lot of the times women stimulate that and then they get um, orgasm from that. But because they're not inserting anything, they don't think that they're masturbating. Yeah. Okay? But that is also masturbation. Anything that produces an orgasm, mm -hmm. it's masturbation. So that's exactly how I used to do it for the most part as well before God mm -hmm. convicted me as well about it. So I'm really interested to hear your your description and your experience with that because I feel like you, because you've researched it so much, you have the data to back these claims up and the verses um, from mm -hmm. the Bible to back these claims up. I mm -hmm. had a personal example where God showed me that it was wrong as well. And I've I've shared about this on the podcast a couple of times, but it's it's a little vulnerable, but I, I had been convicted that sexual sin was wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but then masturbation, I thought it was still okay for a time. And this is like right as I was coming to the Lord. I was not quite calling myself a Christian, but, you know, starting to believe Jesus was real and the Bible is true. And I remember one of these days masturbating and I had been up against so much demonic warfare because of sexual sin. But I was like, okay, it's because I'm engaging with another person. I'm connecting with their spirits. So I should be safe if it's just me, right? 
So I'm in my room and, you know, I was doing my thing because I was depressed and like I needed a little boost. This is like why I used to do it. I was going through the start of my breakup of letting go of this sexually immoral relationship. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling this wicked, wicked spirit enter the room. And I could just feel that like this was the same spirit that came in to me through sexual sin with that man that I had been engaging with. And so I started to realize even more about God's uh, covering of the marriage bed and how Mm -hmm. when you open yourself sexually, you are not, when you're not under the covenant of marriage, you're opening yourself up to demons, whether you're by yourself or with another person. And so that was like the day that I put on reckless love. I was crying, repenting, and like really understanding this thing then. So this is how I can understand. Um, But I have the personal, like I have just the personal experience. So I love that you have the data and the research and, you know, more of the consequences to share about this as well. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I've heard your testimony before in in your podcast, one of the podcasts episodes that I was listening to. And I do remember you saying that, that, you know, you, you felt like this spirit come in like this entity. And I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. I never had anything like that. I, but I can only imagine how that must, must feel, but just having the, with me, it was the presence of God Yes, I was doing it. And he came and he said, I want you to stop. And he was so loving <laughs> and so patient and just so good. Yeah. I was like, okay, but I don't really trust you right now. So I need to do research on this, right? Um, See, you were a better kid than me. I was the kid that needed like the fear of the Lord in you. He's like, he can just speak to you gently. <laughs> I was in so well, much rebellion. It took me a whole year to stop though. After okay. That. It didn't stop right away. I tried the whole year to stop, but it wasn't like, bam, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it still took another year, but in that whole year, I was researching, I was learning, mm. I was, uh, I was encountering the lo- the love of God. That is so important. I'm I'm so happy that you mentioned that you you were trying to encounter like emotional fulfillment, right? Like yeah. emotional connection, love. And and once we get to the, more of the questions, I'll talk more about that. But that's the primary reason why people masturbate. Yep. It's because we feel so disconnected from love. Yeah. We, we just, we don't, first of all, love ourselves. And then second of all, we don't love God and we don't understand his love for us. And I don't think we'll ever understand his love for us fully. Yeah. But we don't even have like that little seed, right? The little seed. And so when that, when, when we feel so disconnected and so unworthy, we're trying to fill those voids through mass through sexual things. Yeah, right. It doesn't only have to be masturbation. It could be that we develop sexual addictions or you know other sexual um, problems. Mm-hmm. But and masturbation are like the go-to things to try to yep. fill those voids. <laughs> Looking for a good ebook on all things dating as a born again Christian? I've got you covered. Head over to the show notes to find my ebook, How to Know If He's the One, where I share the worst of my relational mistakes, 
how I found my husband, and how God taught me to do relationship his way. I share templates for lists I made, questions I asked, and resources I found helpful along the way. Yeah, because it can show up in sexual promiscuity of actually like engaging in that with somebody because you're seeking love, which that's what I mostly did my whole youth. I was very promiscuous seeking love because that's the way I thought I got it. But no, it it always left me feeling empty. It never fulfilled that love void um, like I thought it would. And then masturbation, yeah, later on. And masturbation is also really tied into new age practices um, and like manifestation. A lot of people use Mm -hmm. it it's still um, sexually, but they use it to lift that kundalini, you know, demonic energy up and to manifest things. And so it's being used as a, it's really a form of witchcraft that people are using masturbation now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never really got so deep into learning about that, but I do remember um, hearing about that where mm-hmm. uh, like, coaches right they they are also coaches they name themselves coaches uh like energetic coaches where they try to like help you open up your chakras and all these things and masturbation is a way i think to open yeah. up a chakra and yeah and it's like through they use masturbation to open portals yes to manifest their heart's desires yep and that's how I used to use it primarily when I got into it. It was mostly, it was mostly that. Um, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious to ask you, maybe I can do one of the first questions now. And that mm-hmm. is, um, what are some of the verses or like questions that people can ask themselves to understand why God says that masturbation is a sexual sin, just the same as um, actually engaging in sex with somebody? Yeah, so as we all know, the Bible doesn't explicitly say, right, that masturbation is sin. You will never find the word masturbation in scripture. Yeah. Right? Because over time, language changes and masturbation is is, is more of a newer type of word, considering the thousands and thousands of years when the Bible was written, right? Yeah. And so... But there are four questions that any Christian woman can ask themselves to determine if masturbation is sin for them or not. Okay. Okay. And so number one is answering to this question. You know, when you masturbate, do you lust? Mm. Right? The scripture very clearly says that lust is sin, right? If you go into Matthew 5.28, Jesus said, do you mind if I read it? Please, yeah. Okay, so Matthew 5.28 says, Jesus is talking here, okay? He says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And I know here the Lord is talking to primarily men, but this also applies to women. Mm-hmm. It doesn't only apply to men, okay? It applies to women as well. So if a woman is committing lust in her mind, she's already sinning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The second question is, do you feel, do you feel like you need a masturbation to self-soothe? And it all goes back to what Michaela and I were just saying right now about needing to feel worthy, needing to feel loved, needing to feel connected, needing to feel like you need to 
you know, open the portals of something to get all your heart's desire. Yeah. Like that's self-soothing. It okay. Is. Self-soothing can also look like, you know, um, I'm stressed. I can't sleep. Uh, I need emotional connection. Mm. Um, I don't feel safe. Right. All these things are thoughts and beliefs that bring in the need for self-soothe, which then brings in the need for masturbation. Okay. And so, yeah. And so the the Bible verse that you can apply here is Romans 6, 16, right? Where it says that, do you not know that the one to whom you present yourselves as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of that same one whom you obey. So Mm -hmm. either, so either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. And so what what Rome, what Paul is saying here in Romans 6.16 is that to whatever you obey, whatever thing you obey, whatever thing has a hold on you, yep. you're a slave to that thing. So mm-hmm. if you feel like you need masturbation to self-suit, that's an indicator that you are a slave to masturbation mm. because you need it. Yep. You need it. Okay. The second or the third question is, do you feel conviction after you masturbate? And so a a Bible verse for that would be 1423, right? It says, so Romans 1423 says, but if he has doubts about the food he eats, Mm. that says he is guilty when he eats it, right? It is because he is eating without faith. Anything that is not done in faith is sin. So here the context of this Bible verse is food, right? Paul is saying that if you have this food, uh, because they were debating food, they were debating that, oh, you can't eat that because that's that's blasphemous, that's not good for the body, that's sin. But then Paul comes in and he says, well, if you think that's sin and you eat it, then you're committing sin. But But if you don't think that food is sin and you eat it, then you're not sinning because your consciousness is clean. So he's talking about your consciousness. He's talking about your heart. If your heart is not aligned to your beliefs and your behaviors, then you're sinning against your own body. And there's actual science for that now. Um, If you guys know Dr. Karen and Leaf, she talks a lot about this. She's a neuroplasticity um, doctor. Okay. Um, She actually wants, or she says this all the time, actually, she says that there's research that shows that when, when we behave against what we believe, mm-hmm. we're actually sending messages to our brain. We, we shoot out uh, chemicals in our brain that actually fry our brain. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly what this verse is saying, that yeah. if you believe something is sin and you do it, Yep. You're going against yourself and then that's sin. I love that you used this verse because that's one of the very first that God used to speak to me when I was still in that like wobbly place of becoming a Christian. And I remember like that's when I was trying to like he was speaking to me so clearly about abstinence and like not engaging in sexual promiscuity anymore. And I remember reading that verse and yeah, I know the context there is about food, but he spoke that verse to me about sex as well. Um, and I knew that every time I engaged, I was, I was going against my own convictions and, and like how you said, um, 
like our, when we go against our conscience or our hearts, that's where he speaks to, like when God speaks to our consciences and our, and our hearts. So it is going against literally God's voice when you go ahead and do those things. So yeah, I love that you use that one. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, I'm so glad that the Lord spoke that to you. See, yeah. it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes. So, so number four question that we can ask ourselves is, do you believe you are glorifying God when you masturbate? Mm. So scripture says that what we do with our bodies should glorify the Lord. Yeah. If we look into first Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, it says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God, okay? You do not belong to yourself, for God brought you, he bought you with a high price. So you must glorify God with your body. Wow. Yeah. So think about that, ladies and gentlemen. The high price that Jesus had to pay the crucifixion, the beatings, not just any beating. I mean, his flesh was yanked by being nailed on the cross, the shedding of his blood and the emotional pain that came with that because of all of the rejection that he faced. That is high price. And so he bought us that way. So our bodies do not actually belong to us. They belong to the Holy Spirit. They are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the actual temple. Yeah. Yeah. We are the temple. And there's so much theology in that, in that, in just that, what I just said there. And so because we don't belong, our bodies do not belong to us. We're actually, it's kind of like going into somebody else's home and ruining it, cutting things up, th- yep. destroying it, throwing plates around, making yeah. things dirty, jumping on the bed. Like yep. that's not your home. Why are you treating this home this way? And because it grieves him when we hurt ourselves, like he knows that this is a self-destructive thing when we engage in it and he grieves on our behalf. And the fact that his spirit is within us, like he's experiencing that with us. We're not, we're not just doing that by ourselves. He's always there. Oh yeah. (laughs) Always there. I mean, I, I shared that the Lord was there when I was doing it that one time. He's mm. there. Trust me, he's, I got to experience that. He's there. Oh, my gosh. That should be enough to make you not want to do it anymore. Yes. <laughs> but, but people still, it's an addiction. And so maybe that would lead into our, our next conversation is why it's so hard for some people like even when they have this conviction and they know the truth and they know they need to give it up why do some people still struggle so much to let this go yeah i love this question i love this question because earlier we were talking about how we use this as a self-soothing device mm-hmm. right because we don't feel loved because we don't have we don't feel connected to God. We don't feel connected to our true self. And when I say I, when I say connected to ourselves or loving ourselves, I don't mean it in a new age type of way because there's a there's a difference. Yes. Right? When new age tells you you have to love yourself, you have to put yourself above, you have to, you know, self-care, all these things, that's very selfish. 
they, they actually teach you to forsake everybody else in order for your flesh to feel oh, yeah. good. Oh, that's, yeah. that's the spirit behind that. When I talk about self-love, I'm talking about agape love, right? If you go into Matthew, I, uh, when Jesus, I can't remember the verse right now, but you guys can Google it. <laughs> Jesus says that the, the number one commandment that he yeah. gives us is to love the Lord above all things. And the second is equally as important, which is to love your neighbors as you love yourself. Yep. The word love there in that context in, in the Greek is agape love, which mm-hmm. is divine love. And so essentially what Jesus is saying is that the way that you love yourself should be the way that the Father, the way that God loves you. It has to be with divine love. And if you look at the love of God for us, what does that mean? What does that look like, right? What is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit, the love of God is well, even it's in Corinthians, it's in Galatians, right? First uh, Corinthians thirteen, Galatians five six. You can see the love of God. It is not selfish. It is not self seeking. It is kind. It, it gives fruit. Yeah. It multiplies your your you from the inside out and then to the people around you. But when you go into Galatians five six, I believe it's five six, and it's listing the 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 fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a translation that that says love first, and then the colon. There's a colon, and then it lists like what the 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 fruits are. Okay. When the colon is there, it's meaning to say that the biggest fruit of the Spirit of God is actually love, and then everything else derives from that, Mm. right? But when you see the semicolon, it's kind of dividing that. It's kind of dividing it to say it's love and all these things. Mm -hmm. But when the colon is there, it's saying it's love, and then all these things derive from love. Yes, okay. Right, so it's different. So, So that's divine love divine love is is everything that comes from the holy spirit everything that comes from god right yeah. so once we learn to love god the way he wants to be loved we can learn to love ourselves the way that he wants us to love our, ourselves which is mm-hmm. from his love from the holy spirit and then from that love we pour it into everybody else mm-hmm. just it's just it's inevitable it just pours out because it's so overflowing that it just has to land on other people. Yes. Right. <laughs> and so what you're saying is when you don't have that divine love is when you struggle more to overcome this temptation and addiction. Yes. You do struggle more because so the temptation and addiction comes from that void because when we are little, when we are young children, so it's all it all goes back to our origins, right? It all goes back to our childhood. Um, when we are little, if we don't, there are 10 basic emotional needs that all humans have. All humans have these. And if even just one of those needs, emotional needs are not met as a child, you will perpetually seek to meet that need mm-hmm. as an adult. Okay. And often we will use drugs, we will use sexual behaviors, shopping addictions, a bunch of things to fill that void, to fill that one thing that we didn't get as a little kid, yeah. right? But when we get connected to Jesus, it's easier to fill those voids up, right? And so the reason a lot of the times why people aren't able to overcome masturbation and other sexual addictions 
is one because we don't have that relationship with Jesus, that connection to his love. Sometimes you can have a connection to Jesus and you can have a relationship with him, but you don't have that love connection with him. Mm -hmm. I speak to so many women every single day and they are all believers. They're believers, right? A lot of them are virgins, like I said earlier, but they don't feel loved by God. Yeah. They, they think that God is this Thanos, right? Remember Thanos from the Marvel movies? Okay. They think that that's how we view God a lot of the times. When we yeah. view God in that way, we get disconnected from his love. And it leaves room for us to then sin because we don't feel mm. connected to his love. When we, when we view God as a God who is a punisher, someone we, that we can never please, someone that he's always ready to hammer down on us or, mm-hmm. or a God who we are often disappointing, then the, how can we connect to his love if we view yeah. him that way? Yeah, no, that's really good. And then something I heard you say too on Amanda's podcast, Daughters of Zion, um, was, and this is tied into that love, is when you when you are connected to that, it's the strength of the Holy Spirit that helps you to overcome the flesh. But without that, it's just, you know, the flesh will destroy itself. Like you need the Holy Spirit's help to overcome those things. 1000%. You do. We need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just be super vulnerable right now and share a little bit of what I've been going through lately. Um, so, this is the difference between having connection to the love of God and not having connection to the love of God. So when I was having issues with masturbation, right, I had a relationship with Jesus. I loved Jesus, right? But I just didn't feel like he loved me. I was that girl that thought of God as a Thanos myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't feel like he was blessing me. I, I I was feeling like, God, you forgot about me. You forgot about your blessing, about a husband and all these other blessings, right? You don't love me. You're not here for me. I feel so disconnected from you, right? That was a story that I was running through my mind a lot. Now, uh, it's not, I don't believe that anymore. Now I know that God isn't that God. But I have been going through this last week or so, just very heavy emotional things, right? And in the past, if I was going through what I'm going through right now, I would have resorted to masturbation. Mm. that was my go-to to get comfort to self-soothe right yeah but now because I actually believe that God loves me even in the midst of trials even in the midst of the things that I'm going through right now I feel connected to his love mm. I I know he loves me like I actually like feel it yeah. <laughs> inside of me. Right? I actually feel it because I feel so connected to Holy Spirit and so connected to his love. Masturbation is not even a thing that has crossed yeah. my mind. So is there something new that you do now in place of that? Like like prayer, for example, just talking to him? I just cry. Yes, that's real. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like I just I'm very bold and honest with the Lord. Like he I always see Hannah. Do you remember Hannah from, from Samuel? The one who she was trying to get pregnant? Yes. Yes. She was trying to get pregnant. I feel like I'm Hannah because that's how I cry to the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. lamentation. I think we need to learn to lament. Yeah. We need to learn to lament and to be bold and to be really, very, very raw 
with the yeah. Lord and with the people around us, right? A lot of people can't handle that, but the more you become raw, yeah, the more, the more you are able to encounter the true God. Yes, I love that. Oh, I'm such a cry advocate. Like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. She was yeah. crying so crazy. People thought she was drunk. Didn't her husband, he was like, didn't he kind of scorn her and say, basically, like, people think you're drunk with how you're acting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They think, they think you're drunk. They think yeah. that you're not mentally okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, That's so real, though. Yeah, you're right. Not a lot of people are comfortable with that. I think I've had like, I think I've had two to three real good ugly cries in my whole life. But it's so refreshing every time you do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my go to. That's that's yeah. my go -to. if I ever do feel disconnected from the love of God, because there are moments when we will feel disconnected from the love of God. It's not like ongoing. You're always feeling yeah. loved. Yeah. Um, Whenever, whenever I do feel that, I, that's my go-to. I just lament. I tell him, Lord, I don't feel your love. I feel forsaken. I feel forgotten. I feel, you know, where is your promises? Where is this? Where is that? Like, help me, help me see what you see because I don't mm -hmm. see. It. And that's right? the biblical way to go about it. When you ask that question, okay, so what am I supposed to do when I feel this urge to self-soothe? That is what the characters in the Bible, not that the characters in the Bible ever or even often get it right, but we do see that as the modality of how to respond to those sort of feelings and, yeah, lamenting. Um, I appreciate that answer a lot because it's it's the same with any addiction. Like, I don't smoke weed every time, you know, I don't smoke weed at all anymore, but that's what I used to do every time I felt like, oh, I'm anxious, I need to feel something or the sexual sins, just the alcohol, anything that I used to self-soothe with. Now I have replaced that with communication with God. And and yeah, crying is a great way to, to yeah. do that. Yeah. And also I want to add because I don't want when people to think that oh but it's so easy for you to go and cry to the lord because you're a christian and you have relationship with him and all these things i don't always come to the lord feeling like i want to cry to the lord yeah sometimes it's more like out of rebellion in a way because it's like i i i don't know what else to say i've prayed all the prayers I've I've done all the Christian things. I've read my Bible. I've done this. I've done all the things that you've asked me to do, Lord. Yeah. Right? And then out of that confession, like I'm I don't know what else to do. Yeah. It was that 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 um that pouring out and that um the the the, the Lord stepping in and saying, mm. "Hey, it's I'm oh. here." Like oh. him showing you. Like I'm fighting those demons that are trying to taunt you. I'm fighting with you. Like I'm doing all the things that you don't see. Yeah. Right. But sometimes it's entering prayer with this rebellious heart. Yes. Right. Like that's oh real. <laughs> yes. It's like when you, when, when that's your new modality, like I'm not going to go do drugs. I'm not going to masturbate. I'm not going to fill these voids in this ways in this way. I'm going to come to the Lord, even if I'm mad, even yeah, if I don't feel like crying. And then when he steps into your presence, that's what brings you to those, you know, your emotional knees. Um, encountering his presence can move us to that height of emotion. But we take the first step, I would say, in going to prayer instead of those things.
Want to dive deeper with the Raised and Redeemed podcast? We now have a Facebook group called the Raised and Redeemed Community, where you can join to discuss the episodes, share your testimonies, and find encouragement from fellow like-minded, born-again Christians. Find us on Facebook. We do have the Raised and Redeemed podcast Facebook page. And once again, we now have the Raised and Redeemed Community group too. I hope to see you there. So I want to ask you one more question, and that is, so you, you help coach women around these things. Um, this is your, this is your arsenal here that we're, we're in. This is your expertise. Um, could you share just a little bit about the process that you take them through um, when somebody comes to you with these sexual addictions uh, to pornography, masturbation, sexual promiscuity? What are sort of just a brief overview of the pillars that you walk them through and how you help them find freedom. Yeah, yeah, I love that question. Yeah, so we have developed a a program to help women and men too. We have a men's program and a women's program to okay. help them overcome this. That's awesome. And so we do have uh, four pillars that I can share with you right now. Um, that these are actually the four pillars that we use to help men and women to get freedom. So number one pillar, you have to remember that our heart is very much involved in this pillar. Okay. So it's number, it's called mindset, right? But it's, it's the heart, right? And in pillar number one mindset, we find that no matter who comes into our program, almost a hundred percent of the people who come to us have incorrect thoughts in three main areas. And we already kind of talked about this a little, but number one mindset area is that if you believe, well, how you view God, first of all, right? How you view God and how you think that God views you. Mm-hmm. If that mindset is distorted, yep. then it's going to distort everything else yeah. <laughs> because that's how we live life, right? How we view God is often related to how we view our father for women. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's true. And for men, it's often how they view their mother, but it could also be both parents. Okay. Yeah. So it creates either a mother womb or a father womb, right? For women, most often it's the father womb. So if we, mm-hmm. when we were growing up as little kids, if our father was abusive in any way it could have been sexually uh, physically verbally emotionally spiritually um that causes us to develop a belief system it could also be that your father maybe he could have been a wonderful amazing man yeah. and he provided everything but he was maybe emotionally ne- uh, neglectful meaning that he wasn't emotionally present yeah yeah we and project so that-, that onto god then whatever mm-hmm. however they were yeah, exactly. All of that we projected onto God. So we begin to view God the way that we view our fathers yeah. and, and mothers. And so that develops a belief system of how it's and it's not the belief system that we are taught of how God is in scripture. It's the belief system that we adopted growing up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have to be very careful with that. What's the belief system that we truly have about God? From our from our development as a child to how we actually know that he is from scripture. Mm-hmm. So that's number one mindset. Mindset number two is how you view yourself. 
so if if we are a person that has self-hatred we believe that we're not worthy we self-sabotage we have shame guilt condemnation and a plethora of other things yeah then that's another thing that keeps us stuck in bondage okay and then number three is sin our relationship to sin Mm. so if a person believes that masturbation promiscuity all these sexual things are not sin they will get stuck in sin because they don't think it's sin. They, they won't do wow. anything to get out of it. Yeah. Right. But they still know that there's something wrong in their life. They still feel the pain and they know that there's something not right. They just mm-hmm. don't know what it is. Yeah. Right. They don't realize it's their sins. <laughs> exactly. There's this other extreme where you do believe that, that masturbation, porn, all these things are sin. But you don't actually believe that Jesus has the power to set you free. That's good. Mm -hmm. Because of the previous mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Starting with pillar one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so having these three mindsets is often the reasons why people get stuck in bondage to masturbation, porn, and other sexual things. Um, And so if you remember, Jesus came to, to us saying repent for the kingdom of God is near right and so repentance just means to get a new uh, view a new belief system change your mind adopt the truth for the you know adopt the truth and release the 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 lies right and so that's how we access the kingdom life that he came to give us he came to set us free right to give us that life and life in abundance and so the way to access that life in abundance is through you know, changing our, our, our thoughts for the yes. correct thoughts. And so mm-hmm. our program helps women do exactly this, right? Mm-hmm. And then once we have addressed mindset, we go into the second pillar, which is identification. Okay. And so in identification, <clears throat> we have to really identify the problem, the problem before we can actually create a game plan to help anyone overcome this. Right. And so a lot of the times what ends up happening is that when people don't know the root, they don't know the actual problem, why they're doing what they're doing, Mm. they get stuck. Right. So we have often I ask men, women, women, I talk to women the most, um, you know, why did you make this negative decisions? What made you go back to old behaviors? And they'll often say things to me. Well, you know you know, I don't know, something happened in my life, something triggered me, something mm-hmm. caused me pain, or I was scrolling through Instagram, or I was I watched a movie, something, right? Yeah. And I found myself going back to porn and or masturbation. Okay. Right? And so what we try to help people understand is that if they fail on Friday, it's usually because of all the things that they allowed themselves to be exposed to back on Monday. Yes. Right? And mm-hmm. so things like, relationships that you allow yourself to have encounters with people that you allow yourself to have music music novels Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of women struggle with literature that's the porn for for most women a lot of the times um emotions thoughts going back to mindset right that you allow yourself to have a lot of women who are single right they have told me, you know, I don't believe that God is actually good. I don't think he cares about my sexual needs. I don't think he mm-hmm. cares about my sexuality. Yeah. I don't think he is going to give me marriage. So I might as well just masturbate because I have needs that I need to take care of. Mm. Right. 
or things like how I used to think, like, I'm abstinent. I'm a good girl. I deserve this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right? Stuff like that. Once we help you identify the real reasons why you do what you do, uh, then we can take you into the third pillar, right? Which is strategy. Mm. <laughs> and in strategy, you must have a game plan. Like we have a game plan for everything else in life, right? Like how to yeah. become a millionaire or, you know, how to do my ministry or going to school or how to do this, how to do that. We strategize to get to where we want, right? Yeah. Why not with overcoming porn and masturbation, right? You must have a game plan in order, a, a game plan that's effective mm-hmm, in order mm-hmm. to overcome this. I always like to use this analogy, which is a mountain. And I like to use this because I love hiking, okay? So this is like so perfect for me to explain. Um, <clears throat> just picture this huge mountain, right? The last time I hiked was this 3,875 foot tall mountain in Virginia. Sharp top, if you guys know where it is, go, go hike it. <laughs> and um the mountain represents the sexual thing that you're trying to overcome, whether it's porn or masturbation or whatever else. Mm-hmm. You cannot go, you cannot get up your bed one day and just say, hey, I'm going to go climb this 3,000 foot mountain and expect to get to that top. Like, that's not how it works, right? Yeah. You have to pack a bag with food, water, healthy yes. snacks, if you need medication, medication, uh, the proper shoes, the proper clothing to ensure that you get to the top of that mountain, right? Yep. Yep. It's the same thing with porn and masturbation. You have to create a game plan that's effective and helping yes. you overcome. Because this is and a big feat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge hike. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I love that. I agree. Yeah. And so that's exactly what we do in our program. We help you come up with this strategy, right? And then once we have developed, once we have helped you develop this strategy, we go into the fourth pillar. <clears throat> um and the in this fourth pillar is is to execute. Mm. So it's pillar number four, execution or implementation. Sometimes I call it implementation. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is where we help you to develop a sec- we help you develop a second nature response to temptation. Hmm. Okay. And so what that means is, you know, a lot of the times people come to us and they feel so a lot of the times people feel like they're addicted to this stuff because of the shortcuts that they're, they have created in their brain over time, right? When you do repetitive behaviors, repetitive things over time, mm. you, you create your pathways in your brain, right? Yes. And then you do things out of a second nature response that you've created over time, right? Yep. And so what ends up happening is that often people tell us they really believe these are people that really believe that they're addicted to this stuff, right? But what actually is happening is that the shortcuts that you created over time yeah. are taking you to porn and masturbation without you even thinking about it. Yeah, and so yeah. then you get to failure. And that's the thing that makes you feel like you're addicted to this stuff. Yep. You need okay. new shortcuts programmed in. Yes. Essentially, it's called brain reprogramming. Okay. Right? And that's very, very biblical. If you go into scripture, Paul's always saying, right, it's through the renewal of your mind, mm-hmm. right? It's, you know, think on these things. Yeah. Right. And it's talking about what you allow your mind to dwell on, what you allow it, what, thinking. You ha- you need to use your neural, neural pathways to mm-hmm. think, right? The yeah. more you think of something, you're carving new neural pathways in your brain. Yep. And so you over you create those 
the more repetition that you do. And so essentially that's what's going on with the porn and the masturbation as well. When I was going through my journey to overcome porn and masturbation, actually I didn't really have a big thing with porn. It was mostly masturbation. But um, I told you that it took a whole year, right, for me to actually stop. Well, it was that. It was the reprogramming of the brain, right? Mm. And for me, it took that long because I didn't actually believe that masturbation was wrong. Wow. It could have been much quicker if I actually had believed the Lord when he told me that it was wrong. It took me that long because I was researching and I was trying to get the grips of, yeah, this is actually not good. Yes. Uh, but once I came to the grips of that, it was actually very quickly to get rid of it, like the ni- 90 days or less. Right. Because I I was so I was no longer masturbating in real time, but I was still having dreams. Right. I was and there's a very deep emotion, uh, emotional and spiritual component to this thing where if when you're masturbating, you're opening portals. Right. Spiritual portals. And so you're allowing these succubuses and incubuses, uh, demonic entities that come to seduce you in your dreams that then make you want to masturbate. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to do sexual things and so I was one of the times having a dream like that where this demon thing wanted to seduce me but I remember like it was like so weird in my dream like all these reasons of why I didn't want to do it like just flashed before my eyes yeah and I said no I was like no get out like get out of me and the thing they that's the thing that when you know your authority and you plant yourself in your authority whether it's a dream or a real life like real tangible life demons have to flee because because of your authority mm. so it left, and I woke up and I just felt so empowered because I realized what was going on what yeah. was going on is that I had now developed a second nature response to temptation mm. wow right? so now even in your dreams you're yeah. responding in that same way mm-hmm. yeah that's good oh my gosh yeah I still so every once in a while I will have a dream like this with an incubus or a succubus um I think what the incubus is the male version right I don't remember which one okay which one's the female one's the male yeah yeah and so it does it sends me on a personal accountability journey of okay what portal did I open what song from my past did I happen to over here or you know maybe even choose to listen to what did Mm -hmm. I see on TV um but I love that like you can because I had this one real go viral um with a girl who struggled with these kind of attacks in her dreams and these demons trying to basically rape her in her dreams or pretending to be her husband or different things like this Mm -hmm. and this went viral because everybody's trying to figure out they're like I have dreams like this too how do I overcome it and that's a question I had is like, how can you claim that authority even in your dreams, like when you're asleep? Because I don't know what, what kind of control you have in your dreams, but yeah. dreams also, it's like, yes, they're very real spiritual dreams, but they also are reflective of your subconscious. And so once you have reprogrammed these neural pathways to where it is a second nature response to avoid this temptation, I do think that that will show up in your dreams as well. Mm -hmm. yeah well it's the four pillars that I shared with you right like mindset 
you have mind to remember is the heart. Mm-hmm. Where is how's your relationship with the Lord? What are you believing about the Lord? What yeah. are you believing about your identity in Christ? What are you believing? What's your relationship to sin in the moment? Right? Mm-hmm. All these things. Um, um, identity, like being aware of your triggers, what's triggering you. Right? Is it something physical? Is it something that you saw? Is it relationships? How's your relationship in your case with your husband in those moments? Like, do yes. you feel connected to him or not? You know? Yes. Every time we go to bed fighting, one of us will have a dream like this. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I rejected Drake in my dream a couple weeks ago. So. <laughs> yes, there was a victory in that. Oh my gosh. Drake is a joke around here because he used to, I used to love Drake music. I don't listen to it anymore, but um, (laughs) that was my, that was my man before I got married. (laughs) In in my head, of course, in my head. (laughs) So yeah, going through the, going through the pillars, ladies and gentlemen, if you have your current dreams like these, go through the pillars and ask yourself those questions. Yeah. Ask yourself the four questions that I, that I gave you earlier, right? Uh, explore yourself ask the holy spirit to come and show you if you cannot pinpoint what these things are yeah. and then you'll be able to identify oh this is probably why i'm having these dreams yep. amen and if you weren't taking notes maybe go back and take some notes here because that was some really good stuff but also like a lot of times we do need accountability and we need help and that's why you do what you do um, and you are there to support these women and and men like you said who are trying to overcome this so definitely reach out to Anna if you do need a coach or more support or a mentor in this area as well yeah absolutely please do you have my my information that they can reach out I'm, I'm mainly on Instagram so you guys can reach me on Instagram, but I'll give you my email too. They can email Perfect. as well. Yeah. I'll um, link all that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it, I always say, I always love to say that it is crucial to have two components to, to your freedom that are intertwined with the four pillars that I just gave you. You cannot separate these things. It's intertwined. One is having leadership from people who understand the struggle because they've been there. They understand yeah. the tears, the sweat, the pain, the sacrifice. Yeah. Literally the tears, right? <laughs> they, are, they also understand the love and the compassion because they've been through and they know that you need love and compassion. Love yeah. and compassion is the thing that heals you, right? Amen. And then lastly, those that understand the power of Christ to set you free in this area. Because if you don't believe that Christ can set you free, guess what? You're not going to be set free. Mm. But if you have leadership that has those three qualities, they will help you. And I promise you, you will see freedom. You will see freedom. Amen. Amen. So that's number one. And then number two is community as a whole. Like having mm. like-minded women, like-minded men. It's all about relationship. Remember that Satan uses relationship to destroy you from the inside out. Yeah. But also Jesus uses relationship to restore us, to redeem us, mm. right? It is in the context of relationship that the Christian thrives. Wow. Yeah, that's there's so many, good. There's so many verses. Yes. And like Satan doesn't create anything new. So if God created relationships for this reason to restore us, bring us healing, because the Bible says when you when you share, you you find healing in that. 
Um, so, of course, Satan uses the same thing that God meant for restoration and healing to thwart and destroy us. So that's that's a really great um, just visual there. Um, so, yes, community and leadership. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, and just one of the last things I was wondering, would you mind praying us out? Uh, just praying a special prayer over maybe those who are walking through this or learning to overcome these temptations now. Mm -hmm. Yes, let's do it. Absolutely. Father God, we thank you so much for Michaela and her ministry. First of all, I just want to thank you for that, Lord. And I just want to pray over her first and ask you, Lord, to continue to grow her, her ministry, her household, her husband, and whatever other else promise that you have given to her. I pray that you continue to water that and grow that and bring it to fruition in the name of Jesus. I also pray, Father God, for everyone who's seen this episode, all men, all women. I pray over their lives, Father God. I pray blessing over their lives. I pray freedom over their lives, Father God. More than anything, Father God, I pray that they may encounter you, Jesus, that they may encounter your love. And that out of that love, they may know truly who they are and that their identities may be well planted in Jesus Christ. I pray, Father God, that from that, Holy Spirit, you teach them how to overcome any sin, all sins. I, I, I pray, Father God, that you just give them those aha moments and those epiphanies and those just those make make help them make those connections for freedom, Father God. Yeah. So we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to have you leave a review and share it with a friend. All information on how to stay connected with the Raised and Redeemed podcast can be found in the show notes below. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.